But anyway, are you ready for the word? Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to be speaking on, like I said, uh, about how to be led by the Holy Spirit with this specific topic in mind, led from the inside. How many of you know there's a battle right now going on, and, and a lot of times what we hear, uh, even in the church today, and I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the, the big church, global church, what we hear a lot of times are, are we're hearing a lot of messages that are more soulish realm based than they are spiritually based. And we're made up of three parts. I know you all know this. We're made up of three parts. We are a spirit being. Come on, have it say amen to that. Amen. Because you became a new creation and your flesh didn't change. Your soul didn't even change. You became a new creation in your spirit. That's who you really are. Then we have a soul, our mind, how we think about things, our will, how we decide about things, and our emotions, how we feel about things. And then we live in this flesh. But a lot of the church today, if you listen on YouTube, you listen to a lot of the pastors out there today, a lot of times they're talking more soulish realm than they are spirit realm. And that ought not be so. It's one of my favorite phrases from the Bible, that ought not be so. You know, we are spiritual beings and we live by the spirit. Come on. Do I have any spirit led people in the house today? Yes. And so today in our world, it's very important that we are led from the inside. How many know in our world today, being led by the spirit could mean life and death? Absolutely. It could be very critical. Back to what he was talking about, even over there during our offering time, being led by the spirit when you're making decisions in the business world. How many know he, he has thoughts and plans that he's already laid out for you and he wants you to walk in the blessing of God, but we've got to tap into his spirit Amen. because how many, your, your emotions and your mind and your thought processes, they've got you jacked up before. Let me, anyone else besides me, let me see some hands. How many have been led by the flesh or led by what you thought and it led you the wrong direction? Well, today we've got to make sure even more and more, and and guys, I'm learning about this still myself. I'm not arrived yet, but I'm getting better every day. Amen. Come on, say amen to that. So let's go to our Bible. Let's go to John chapter 16. And I'm going to read most of the time out of the New King James. Debbie, she's... Reads the Amplified a lot. I call the Amplified the woman's Bible. There's a whole lot more words, but uh, God it created gets, it, it gets for the us. point across very well. <laughs> are you in John chapter 16? We're going to begin with verse 7. Yeah. And these are red letters. Who's, who's teaching us? Jesus. Jesus, our master, is teaching us. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now stop right there. How many. If you're a disciple and you're walking with him, you're seeing him perform the miracles. You've, some of them were with him two and a half, three years, and you've watched him do the things. And then he turns around and tells you, Hey, I'm about to leave and it's going to be better that I leave. How many of you all went? Um, don't think so. Yeah. Because why we, I, I want him here. I want to touch him. I want to shake his hand. I want to be with him. I want to see him do the things. And he says, it's better that I leave. But no, I've got you right here physically. But they didn't understand what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, it's awesome for him to be here. And a lot of us, we want to hear God. We want to audibly hear God. We want to see him. We want to set face to face. And that's awesome. But he says, I got something better for you. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to move in on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to go to him. He's in me. I I have him on the inside. Come on, how many of you got the spirit of God on the inside of you? He says, it's better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Come on, shout the helper. The helper. Now, I know you probably study. I'm a big uh, Greek and and Hebrew study. And this is the word parakletos. Mm -hmm. And that word parakletos is a compound word. Para means to come alongside. And then kletos is to bring help, to bring counsel. He's a consoler. He's all of those things. He says, I'm not just going to be around you. I'm going to come on the inside of you and give you that help. Come on, shout amen to that. Amen. Amen. He says, the helper will not come, but if I do depart, I'll send him to you. Verse, let's skip down to verse 13. 
However, when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, come on, say the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. Now, I want you to underline that if you do in your Bible, underline that or write that in your notes because he says, I will guide you into all truth. Now, I should have known this a long time ago, but it wasn't very long ago that I got this revelation that I've made. Hello. Every mistake that I've made, every sin that I've committed, it wasn't because the Holy Spirit led me there. It's because I did my own thing. Now, I should have known that a long time ago, but that was one of those light going moments that he will always lead me into truth. Every decision I make, now I'm talking to everyone in here, whether you're business or where you're at, every decision you make, there is an area of truth or there's an area of error for it. And it's a battle. And the enemy's trying to lead you here, but he says, I'm going to lead you into all truth. Yeah. So now, now don't get caught with this one because I, I ask a trick question to a lot of congregations and I'm going to say, don't raise your hand, but I'll say, how many believe that you can live the rest of your life without ever sinning? And hardly anyone ever raises their hand. Because we've almost brainwashed ourselves yeah. that, hey, we're just going to make mistakes. No, 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 no. That's all right. If I can train myself to hear his voice, and I'm not going to move until I hear him say move, if I can train myself to do that, he says, I'm going to guide you into all truth. I'll never walk in error again. Now, a lot of people don't like that because they say, Pastor, you're setting the bar really high. Now, I still have made mistakes, but again, I'm training myself. I'm endeavoring that I don't hear, I don't do anything except what I've heard from him. How many know Jesus, how many mistakes did he make on this planet? Zero nilch nada. But how did he do it? He said, I never do anything except what I've heard or seen from the Father. So if I can train myself to do that, because how many know he didn't do that because he was God. He is God, was God, forever will be God. But Philippians 2 said he laid that aside and walked on this planet as a man led by the spirit. He was still God, but he chose not to use those things. Why? To give us an example of how we live our life. So if he did it, then I can do it. That's right. He is the spirit of truth. Now he said, now it's going to be better, Ty. Come on. Because I'm going to move it on the inside of you. And if you'll just hear me, if you'll just listen, I will lead you into all truth. Amen. That verse goes on. He says, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So even the Holy Spirit is waiting for the Father and what he hears, he speaks to you. You know what he also, in, in, in the 14th chapter, John, he says he always points back to Jesus. He always points back to the word. So when you're hearing, how many needs, you know, you're you're in a place where you need to make some decisions in your life. Let me see your hands. All right. So all of you that that are raising your hands, there is a a place of truth. And he says, I'm going to lead you into all of that. But here's the the big litmus test. If you're trying to decide something and it's contrary to the word of God, let me tell you one thing right now. It's not him. Because he will always point it back to the word. I can right. find it in the word. It's, he's leading me by that. If it's not in the word or it's contrary to the word, that's not him. And that's that error trying to pull you and direct you. He says, Amen. I'm always going to point back to that. And now that's last phrase. Come on, put that scripture back up there. Verse 13, John 16, 13. He says, he will tell you things to come. You know what? There's a billion dollar industry of horoscopes and fortune telling and all of that stuff. They're, they're, you know, don't, don't really be quick to criticize them because they're really looking for power. They just haven't been introduced to the right power yet. Yeah. We've got to introduce them to the power, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He will tell you things to come. Amen. And now hang with me here for a second. He, he never tells me when I know to, need to know something early. <laughs> I, I wished he would tell me what's coming, you know, when I want to know. Yeah. But he tells me things to come when he needs me to know it. Yeah. Yeah. And that requires faith and trust in him yeah. to stay in that place until we've heard. 
Come on, say he's the spirit of truth. He's a spirit of truth. He leads me into all truth. He leads me into all truth. And he'll tell me things to come. And he'll tell me things to come. Amen. Amen. Just recently in one of our uh, staff, church staff, we have different meetings, but our church staff meeting that we have weekly, Pastor uh, Paul asked us to share what was really on our heart, what God was telling us for 2024. And so I waited till most everybody prayed and said their part, and I was just like, Lord, am I supposed to say my word or not? Because with the size that we are, not everybody could share their word. But I felt prompted at the end to share, and it was really about fine-tuning, hearing the Holy Spirit. I said, I know it's a given that as, as a believer, as a disciple of Christ, we are to be led by the Holy Spirit, we're to follow what he's directing, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was sharpening me, saying, look at places you've missed it, Ask me why you missed it. Get your ear fine-tuned to a greater level and have an anticipation and an expectation that you will hear me more clearly than ever before. And the real key in hearing, because I think a lot of us can really say we probably hear him. One, you've got to grow in your confidence that you hear him. But then two, you've got to do what he says. And I think many times we've heard it, but we kind of go, oh, that can't be him. And so I began to look back, even from the most simplest of things, a story came back to my mind this morning as I was praying, and it sounds really kind of simple, and you think, well, but what does that mean? But it's me looking at, we were traveling, we were ministering, you know, those... um, Stanley cups that are so popular. I had been given one and I had a Stanley cup that I traveled with with water and we packed everything up. Ty had already gone downstairs and I don't notice till after we've eaten breakfast, I get in the car and normally where my Stanley is was not there. And I'm thinking, where did I leave it? Of course, we're running right on time. And so I'm running back upstairs, <laughs> grabbing, grabbing the key and there it sat right by the door as we were leaving. And so I grabbed it, I had it downstairs and I was like, Holy Spirit, why did I miss this? Mm. It was right there. What was so clogging my mind that I couldn't see it till I got down to a familiar place and I noticed it wasn't there? And and it just took me back to this. Sometimes we can get so busy. Sometimes we can get so cluttered within our mind, but really within our spirit man, that we're not keeping that ear tuned like a mama does to a baby, that she can hear all the babies cry, but she knows her baby. It's that fine-tuned, keeping our ears clean. And one of the things is is when we hear him doing what he says, because you take in these little clogs of dirt is the way you want to say it, in clogging your spiritual ears when we don't immediately obey whatever the Spirit is speaking to us, big or little. So let's look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 8. I'll start out of Ty's New King James and might jump over to my Amplified. But in verse 8, it says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. In verse 10, it says, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. I'm going to go on and read verses 12 through 14. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Wow. The importance of us. And so that revelation was coming off the page to me at the beginning of the year. It was like, I, I want to be, and we've gone through this teaching in our home church about really being a son or a daughter or a hireling. And I want to be the son. I want to be the daughter. I want to be one of those that's led by the spirit. So as I'm going to read verse 13 out of my amplified version here. Um, For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, but if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. 
And he brought back to me again, Debbie, there is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We know when we're born again, we became this new creation in Christ. All things were passed away. I become the very temple of the living God. His spirit lives and dwells inside of me. But how many times do we just become a house for him and not allow his spirit to flow through us and truly to empower us to live and to do this good, perfect will of God? And so I just wanted to challenge each one of us that Holy Spirit, may I be more sensitive to hear you than I ever have before. Because I don't want to, you know, fulfill the lust of the flesh. I don't want to go the flesh way. If I'm truly going to be this daughter of God, this son of God, I've got to allow you to lead me. And it's in the big, it's in the little. In allowing him, and so many times, uh, as we were sharing with the Johnsons, it was just hard to believe that Ty and I will share, will have been married 20 years in October. <laughs> and so, uh, it, I mean, it's like, we just got married, and it's like, boom, here we are almost 20 years. And I remember so many times how I prayed and believed for my God-man, my husband. And then now that I have this husband, how many times in the middle of things, that I could, I'm trying to be a wife, I'm trying to travel and minister, we're being pastors, what the different hats that you wear, and I would hear the Holy Spirit just quiet in my heart and go... I've graced and anointed you to do what I've called you to do, but you've got to keep the priorities right. I've got to keep this right to keep this right. And then out of the abundance, do I have the overflow? And there was many times I had to realign. And I can remember still standing at my washer, you know, thinking, oh, I prayed for this as I put one more, you know, load of laundries of my husband in there and to, to take care of it. But in the middle of that, I heard the Lord saying, when you keep this right, Debbie... I've called you first to me, then to be the helpmeet to your husband. And in this, this grace and anointing, now there's an empowerment for all the other things I've called you to do. It was the Holy Spirit that helped me realign. And all of a sudden, there was an abundant grace, not just to get done everything at the house I wanted to, but also in ministry, the calling and the purpose that we had. And so I don't want us to miss out that he will lead, he will guide, he is truth. He will lead you into truth, not just in the big spiritual moments when you're out ministering, but in your day-to-day life. Amen. I got a word for someone in the room that, that's verse 11, and I wasn't even going to talk about Romans 8 until later, but Romans chapter 8, you know, there's so much wealth in it, uh, but it really starts to draw the difference in the flesh and the spirit. You see that as we were reading yeah. that? And I got a word for someone out of verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There's someone in the room that there's been a habit, there's been a stronghold in your life, and it might be generational and iniquity that's been passed down, but you've been bound by this and you've been trying to get free, you want to get free, and it just seems like it's got such a hold on your flesh body. Come on, how many of you have ever tried to quit? I mean, I tried to quit Dr. Pepper once. And I realized how, how much of a stronghold Dr. Pepper had on me. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It can, it can grab your flesh. And when you first try to quit that, your flesh screams out. Yeah. Now, a lot of times we, we take this verse almost like a healing scripture, and it can be. But I've, I've got a word for you today. When that spirit of God is in you and you're yielding to it, it is going to help you break free from those things mm-hmm. that have held you in bondage, that have held your family in bondage for centuries. It it can stop with you. That's good. Amen. Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but that's a word for someone in here because you've been trying to get free, but it's the spirit of God. And what Debbie said, learning to yield to that spirit, learning even in something as simple as a Stanley cup, not the Stanley cup on ice, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that Stanley mug that she has, I'm glad that I didn't have to replace it because they're pretty pricey, but... <laughs> He cares about every little thing and he wants you to tap into him so that you are moving along with him and free from every yoke of bondage. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But we got to be led by the Spirit of God. That verse that, that she ended with, those that are led by the Spirit of God, you know how, you know, we're never to judge one another. Judge not lest you be judged. Be judged. But he did say, we will know them by their fruits. And I tell my, I I get to teach at Victory College and I tell my students all the time, hey, I don't want to hear you're a Christian. I'm tired of people coming up and telling me they're Christian, blah, 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 blah. Don't tell me you're a Christian. (laughs) 
show me you're a Christian. I want to see you walking led by the Spirit every day. I want to hear you say, you know what? My business is about to do this. And the Spirit of God says, nope, we don't want to do this. We want to do this. And now you see impact. Oh, come on. Now, I was in business and I was salesman. I like money, money, money. But impact isn't necessarily money in your bottom line. Impact can be influenced in your community that people begin to hear you more than they ever did before. But you have to be led by the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. because the natural really yells very loud when it comes to this, the money. And we start to go that way, but no, he goes, no, you trust me with all of it and I'll lead you and I'll guide you where you're going to make the most impact. Amen. Mm, Amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. But we've got to learn to be led internally not externally. I love this passage. Will you turn with us to Psalms chapter 32? This is a hilarious passage. I love it. Isn't the Bible just awesome? Yes. If you don't have fun with the Bible, you're not reading it right. It is fun. Psalms 32 verse 8. What a great promise. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Come on, how many received that word right there? Amen. He says, I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. And then I've underlined this last part. I will guide you with my eye. Come on. How many need to be led by the Holy Spirit? How many need him teaching you and directing you in which way you should go? So uh, that's very good. That's a great promise. But look at verse 9. Don't be like the horse or like the mule. (laughs) Isn't it like he just changed subjects on us for a (laughs) little I will, it's such a beautiful verse eight. I will guide you, I will instruct you. Don't be like a horse and a mule. And then he goes on to say, which have no understanding. You know, I grew up on a farm. We, did, we had a couple of horses, but we had more cows than we had horses. And you know, I never once could go over to the horse and go, hey, you know what, I need you to go a mile and a half. And when you get to the oak tree down there, uh, turn into that pasture and I need you to feed right there uh, instead of over here. How many of you know that's probably not going to work? No. Take a left hand. No. It's not going to work. Why? They have no understanding. What do you have to do? You have to put a bit in their mouth. Now, I I bought one of these one time to sermon illustrate, and and I I almost brought it, but I thought Debbie is not going to let me put that bit in her (laughs) mouth. He didn't make me the first time. (laughs) But have you ever seen a bit? Where does it go? And, and it's not comfortable for them. In fact, that's why it works. They, you know, in fact, I've, I've almost prayed this. God, just whack me. If I start to go the wrong way, just whack me upside the head and get me on there. How many has ever? I'm, I'm the only one on that tree. But he said, I don't want you like that. Because you put a bit in a horse's mouth and what you do when you pull it with your right hand, it puts pressure yeah. and it makes their head go that way. They don't know, that's not a turn signal to them. They just are getting a pressure and it's pulling them that direction. And then if I pull this, it pulls them this way. Pull both, it stops them. Yeah. It's a very simple idea. But he says, there's a lot of my people that are trying to be like that. They want to be pulled and they want to be yeah. whacked yeah. and they want to be directed. He said, don't be like that. He says, Mm -hmm. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to teach you. Don't be externally led. Be internally led. Now, we've all probably done this at one point. Don't raise your hand. But how many have ever uh, said, you know, God, if this is you, make three red cars go by, and then I'll know it's you. (laughs) You don't have to vote on that one, but we've we've all probably done that. Or, Or my favorite is... You know, got single guys, and they say, hey, God, is this the girl for me? If this is the girl for me, make geese fly in a V formation in November. <laughs> we see that every How many know geese are going to fly in a V formation no matter what in November? Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, we are looking for external things, and it's, it, we call it a fleece in the church. Yeah. And, and we put this thing out and say, God, if this really is you, make three red cars go by. And you know what? God can do that, and he has done that. Yeah. 
But he doesn't want to do that. He wants you to get to a place where you're not have to, to count three red cars to know it's him. He wants you to get to a place when he speaks, you know it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intimacy. You know, I, I, we teach a discipleship class and I tell him, how many know when you got born again, it's important to read the Bible? Yeah. But a lot of people don't really know why. And God showed me a great reason why. You know, we learn about him, we learn about his principles, but this was the, the most important thing to me. Um, I, I told you I spent 22 years in the corporate world and then God called me into the full-time ministry. And guess what? I've read this thing from Genesis to maps. Not one scripture in there that says, and thus says the Lord, Ty, you shall leave the corporate world yeah. and enter the full-time ministry. Not one verse that says that. But you know why I knew? It's like Debbie and I. When Debbie calls me, I put my phone over there, but when Debbie calls me, I don't answer the phone and she goes, hello, Ty, this is Deborah K. Barker, I'm your wife. No. She says, hi, hon. You could blindfold me and triple this room and every woman in here talk and I'm gonna know which one's her voice. Why? I've spent time with her, I've got to know her voice. Every time I read the word, I'm spending time and I get to know his voice. So when he says, now leave the corporate world and into the ministry, I know it's him because Amen. I've got to know Amen. his voice. Amen. I don't need external things. That's right. He speaks to me on the inside. I think each of us have to grow in this. Yeah. I can remember years ago when... Uh, a mentor, pastor, friend that was in my life said, Debbie, I just feel like the thing I need to encourage you in is to grow in your confidence that you do hear the voice of yeah. God. And I think that's a, a strategy the enemy uses so many times. We hear people go, well, I don't know if I've heard him. I don't know if I hear his voice. And I'm like, I, I know you've heard him. He's on the inside of you. Truth is on the inside of you. And I think a real big key to this is obviously reading your word because yeah. he sounds like your word. But it's also like today when we were in the presence of of God. He inhabits the praises of his people. He manifested himself this morning. There were several words that were given. There was a sensitivity that when you shut the things out that are external and you listen from the inside out, these prophetic words, these encouraging words, these different words began to flow. That wasn't just for a few people. That gifting of the Holy Spirit is for every yes, believer. Yes, come on. Okay? And he, and he wants to flow in that capacity to every one of you. Maybe it's in your quiet time at home and that you open up your journal and you stop and you really listen from the inside to hear what he's saying to yeah. you. But a really big key in this is really a surrendered heart. Yeah. I always tell, as I taught at the Bible school or even through our discipleship classes or whenever, you know, that you ask the Holy Spirit or you ask, okay, where am I at? And then I always say, let the Holy Spirit grade your paper. Because sometimes yeah. we think we're more open to him than we're not. Yeah. And, or sometimes we think we're uh, really have this open heart and it's through the illumination of the word of God by the spirit of God that he shows you. Because I have a very vivid memory in my own life after being... I was licensed, ordained, traveling in ministry for several years, was in my quiet time with the Lord, and I heard him say, you're not as close to me as you think you are. Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Let me proceed to tell you what I do. <laughs> and he's like, no. And he took me and he showed me my journal, and I began to look at my prayers, and he said, look how you talk to me. I was Father God this, Father God that. And he goes, is that how you talk to your daddy? And I said, no. I was a daddy's girl, was, will, forever, be, will be. My daddy had, had already moved to heaven by this time. And I was like, and he said, well, you don't share all of you with me. And I said, I began to weep. I, I immediately repented. I said, I am so sorry, God. I, 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 what do I do? And he goes, you know the word. Draw near to me, mm -hmm. and I'll draw near to you. And one specific thing he asked me to do in that moment was to quit calling him Father God, but to call him Daddy God. Yeah. And Can I interrupt you? Because you said something, and you normally take it one step further. He said, you, you put down in here, and he, what he said is, he <laughs> said, what you think I want to hear. 
the pastor. Yeah, that. I was calling those things that were not as though they were. I thought I was giving him what, a, a faith-filled, mature <laughs> believer is what I thought he wanted to hear, but he was really wanting me just to be open and honest and, and with open-hearted. And then making a long story short, I began to do that. I began to call him Daddy God. And I'm going to tell you the first time I did it, it just felt really weird. My mom has always called him Daddy God because her daddy died when she was just a year old. My dad, his daddy died when he was four years old. So they didn't grow up with their natural father. I did. And so I just saw him as Father God. This is Daddy. But as I did, my heart opened and every day I was closer and I began to tell him things I had never told him. And he began to share things with me that he had never told me. But it was when I draw, when I drew near, he drew back to me. And it was truly that heart of a surrendered place. And it was through that then, giving you just another bit of that story, it was just within a few days of me taking the time, really getting quiet before God, sharing my heart, hearing him talk back to me, that I was uh, getting ready for bed one night, as I said, um, my dad had passed away. My mom had moved to Tulsa and was living. We were roommates, and I was getting ready for bed. I was brushing my teeth, and I, and I just felt this, what I call, women understand, surge of emotion. You just think, I don't know, I feel like I could cry, but I don't really know why I want to cry. And the Lord had told me in this process of quit masking those unacceptable emotions and allow me to guide you into truth and give you direction what to do when, when something comes up. Quit just burying that. So in that middle of that moment, I just said, oh, Lord, I really don't want to feel this. But I heard him say, no, you made a commitment that if something came up, you'd ask me what this is. See, we're talking about being led by the spirit of truth. It was the Holy Spirit who revealed there was something there that I wasn't as close as I thought I was. Now it's the Holy Spirit whose truth leading me into something and revealing something that was hidden that I didn't know was there. And so in that midst of it, I was like, okay, ask me what it is. And this is all in my heart. And I said, okay, Lord, what is this? And in that moment, this just most huge surge of anger, and that's not even my personality, but this huge surge of anger came out, and I heard him say, what is it? And I said, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you that you didn't heal my daddy. I'm so mad at you that he won't be here when, to walk me down the aisle when I get married. I, and at the moment that I, I was about, th- with this third I can't whatever, I just thought, being raised Pentecostal, I thought, Lord, the ground will open up. It's going to eat me. I better just stop right now. And I immediately, seriously was going, just like, I just got to repent because I know you never come against God. And, and in, in the midst of that, I heard the father say so strongly, Debbie, stop it. Because that didn't come out of your spirit. That came out of your soul, out of that mind, will, and emotions. And I have longed for you to be close enough to me. Yeah that I could take that hurt and pain because the peace and joy I've had for you from the moment your your daddy transitioned from earth to heaven, but you weren't close enough to me to hear me and to receive what I had for you. This is the power that we're talking about of the Holy Spirit of being led and following his direction in the big and in the little. Don't turn there, but Ephesians 5, 17 says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. He's got a will, he's got a purpose, he's got a plan. But a lot of times, it's that separation of the external versus the internal that's so critical. You know, Romans chapter 8 before that, that passage that Debbie read, he's talking about, you know, those that live according to the flesh. You remember that scripture? Let's go back and read it. No, everyone quoted it. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. We've got to be setting ourselves, attentively setting ourselves to hear his spirit. He's the spirit of truth. He leads us to all truth. How many know there's a battle in our culture for truth today? Yeah. It's not a cultural battle. It's not even a political battle. It's a spiritual battle. And the enemy's trying to take us out of truth. And you know how he does it a lot of times? This thing right up here. I wish I'd have saved Debbie's story to last because that's such a powerful story. But I got a story that 
again, I worked in the corporate world. I, I worked for a company called EDS. It was Ross Perot's old company. And he sold us to General Motors. And so as a, an EDS employee, I got General Motors benefits. Yeah. I could buy a car cheaper than a car dealer could. They, they would get an invoice that was cheaper than they paid for it, but the, the company would reimburse them back. So I could buy a brand new vehicle cheaper than the car dealer could. And so uh, I, when I moved from the Panhandle and I moved to Tulsa, there's 10 lakes within one hour's drive of my house. And so I had to have a bass boat. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I thought I'd get some of the guys with me on that one. But I bought a bass boat before I had a pickup. That wasn't very smart. So I start thinking in my mind, and I could buy a brand new pickup. And I could buy it so cheap that I could probably, even if I made a mistake, how many have you ever talked to yourself that way? Even if it's a mistake, I could probably drive it a couple of years and sell it and maybe even make money or come out whole. And so what do I call that? That's a no-brainer. Beware of no-brainers. So I, I said, man, I'm, I'm going to do this because I got to have a pickup because I got to pull the boat. And so I call a customer of mine and I said, hey, Mike, I'm looking for this, this, or this. And he goes, can you believe this? He said, I have that right on the lot. And so I said, okay, I, I'm going to come get it. And so all of, I'm very excited. Is right before we get married. I'm very excited. I called Debbie and I said, hey, Debbie, they got this pickup. I'm going to buy it. And she had the nerve to say, well, did you pray about it? I said, get thee behind me. No, he didn't. I did. But I didn't. And I said, you know what? No, I didn't. <laughs> and guess what I felt immediately? Nope, don't buy it. I, I had a, some money in the bank, but I didn't have enough to pay for a brand new one. I'd had to get a loan for that. Uh, and so I started praying and I got a, no, don't. So I called Mike and I said, hey, buddy, I, I'm sorry, but I, I just can't do that. And he goes, no problem. And then I hang up and then I get embarrassed because I'm like, this is a customer. And I'm like, and then my brain kicks in again, careful of that. This is a no-brainer. I, even if I mess up, I can sell it. But how many know when you want to sell something, sometimes it doesn't sell as quick as you need it to. And so me being the godly man that I am, I picked up that phone and I said, hey, Mike, you still got that truck? He goes, absolutely. I said, get it ready. And I hung up the phone and I didn't even need to call her again. Immediately. My spirit just said, no. Now I have to pick up the phone one more time. Mike, I'm sorry. And this, he kind of chuckles. He goes, Ty, I don't care if you buy it or not. Just make up your mind. And I said, no, I can't. Now, what I didn't know is we were just bought by our chief competitor, and I was the leading salesman in, in our, our nation, and they didn't buy us for our product. They bought us for our market share. And so the first thing they did was get rid of expenses. Guess who was the first person laid off? Because I was making the most, and I got laid off first. I didn't see it. And I would have had that pickup and yeah, I might've could have sold it, but no telling how long it would be. And I would have had a car payment that I didn't need right then. Six months married. We just got married. Yeah. Six months married. I got and laid off. Job. I'm telling the story a little backward. After I said no, that final time, I waited a little while and then I'm driving down the road. Come on, Holy Spirit. And I went to a place I never go by. And he said, go pull in there and look there's this white Ford F-150 with a V8 that I needed and everything to pull the boat. And it was used, but I was able to pay cash for it. And now when I got laid off, I didn't have a car payment. I was able to do what I needed to do because the Holy Spirit was leading me into what I thought was a no-brainer. He was saying, no, 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 no. There's things coming that you don't know about. It's happened to me so you don't get in trouble there. And a lot of us, we trust God on Sunday morning. We trust God with some of the things. And some, it's really weird because some of you trust God with the really big things and the little things you go, oh, I got that. 
or vice versa. You trust God with the really little things, but no, God, this is a big thing. I'm going to decide on this one. And he's saying, I want to come in and I want to lead you and guide you, whether it's a Stanley Cup or a pickup truck. Now get this. I got to tell the end of the story. That pickup truck is sitting in my driveway today. I've owned myself 20 years and it still (laughs) operates exactly like I need to. It is a great truck, beautiful truck, because what God puts his hand on it lasts longer than it's supposed to, and it's better than it ever is supposed it's to amazing. be. Amazing. <laughs> We're coming to the end, but I got to end it with one story. Do you get a little bit more? John chapter 11, verse 1. This is a very famous passage of scripture. You all know it. Lazarus dies. You remember Lazarus was a really good friend of Jesus. Now, a certain man uh, was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, in the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Y'all remember Mary and Martha? What was Martha doing? Busy, busy, busy. And what was Mary doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he says, uh, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil in his feet and her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And therefore, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. What are they doing? They're pulling on his emotions. Jesus, this really good friend of yours, he's really sick. I need you to come heal him. They're pulling on his emotions. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness isn't unto death, but to glorify the the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed there two more days. Now, how many, that just makes you go tilt a little bit. He stayed there two more days. Verse seven, and after that, he said to the disciples, now let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and kill you. Are you going there again? And that's the question. Are you going there again? So what are they pulling on? Fear. The sisters were pulling on emotion, love. They're pulling on fear. And what was the question they asked? Are we gonna go there again? And listen to what Jesus said. Are there not 12 hours in the day? Now stop. Does that sound like the right answer to that question? (laughs) Are we going there again? And Jesus starts talking about time. He says, are there not 12 hours in the day? But listen to what he says. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus wasn't talking about time. Do you know why he did not go and he stayed two more days when Mary and Martha said, come heal him? Because the spirit of God hadn't said move yet. And so he's not going to move until the spirit says move. He's not going to let emotion pull him. He's not going to let fear pull him. He's only going to be led by the Spirit because if he's led by the Spirit, he walks in light and he does not stumble. He does not make mistakes. But if we get off into our own flesh and walk in the dark, we're going to stumble and fall. Jesus was taking time to teach the disciples, hey, I'm not moved by emotion. I'm not moved by fear. I only move when the Spirit says move. And that's where we've got to be, church. Our lives, people around us' lives could be at stake with us hearing and obeying the voice of the Spirit. Anything else? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Now, again, I think a lot of us knew the things we taught today but hopefully it stirred something up on the inside of you. Not just for you. First of all, we wanna make sure you're walking in this, but also there's others around you that need to hear this word. And today you are equipped to go preach this to them. But I wanna take care of us first. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe there's people in here today. 
while ago, we, the, the Holy Spirit had a word that someone has been bound, you've been controlled, you've been, had a habit that has bound you, and the Spirit of God is here, the anointing of God is here that breaks and destroys every yoke of bondage. And I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to call you out, but with every head bowed, every eye closed, and no one look around, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to join in agreement and prayer. Yeah, I see that, you can put it right back down. Anyone else? Yeah, I see that. Lots of hands going up. Now, anyone else? Yes, I see that. Yes. You can put them down. There's others of you that you're born again, but you really haven't, you've known about the Holy Spirit, but you really haven't taken it to the point where he's leading you and guiding you in every step that you're doing. And you need that in your life. If I'm talking to you, I want to pray with you. If that's you, yeah, hands are already going up. If that's you, just get, yeah, lots of hands. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the last one. Maybe you're here today and you've never really made Jesus your Lord. Or maybe you did at one time. You know, I was born again at 12. And this may mess with you doctrinally, but I really walked completely away from it. All my high school years, all my college years, young adult years, I I still loved God. I still went to church. I still read my Bible, but I wasn't living for him. He wasn't really Lord of my life. And maybe there's someone here like that today that either you've never made him Lord of your life or you maybe did at one time, but bottom line, you're living for yourself. He's not really Lord. He's not really in charge. If I'm talking to anyone in the room or anyone watching online, if that's you and you've never made that decision or you did at one time and walked away, I want to see your hand and you say, I want to come back to him. I want to make him Lord of my life. If that's you, raise your hand right where you sit. Yeah, I see that. You can put it right back down. Anyone else? Yeah. Yes. Let's all stand together. We're not going to call you the front because, you know, there's nothing really in the Bible. We'd love to come to the front and do altar, but you can make this commitment right where you're at. And those watching online, you can make it right where you're at. So with everyone heads bowed, we're going to start with a prayer of commitment in case you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have raised your hand. We're going to all pray this. I want everyone in the whole room to repeat this with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you are the son of God. That you came to earth. That you came to earth. To die for my sins. To die for my sins. I believe you were buried in the grave. I believe you were buried in the grave. And that God raised you from the dead. And that God raised you from the dead. And I receive you now. And I receive you now. As my savior. As my savior. And I make you now. And I make you now. Lord. Lord. Of all of my life. Of all of my life. I belong to you. I belong to you. Now fill me with your spirit. Now fill me with your spirit. Lead me, guide me, and direct me. And direct me through your word, through your word, and through your spirit. Through your spirit, I receive you now. I receive you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that, you are born again. Now, I want you to look up at me. You might have prayed that for the first time and said, "Well, I don't think it worked. I don't. I don't feel any different. I didn't get goosebumps." And let me tell you what I think about that. If you didn't get goosebumps, you just didn't get goosebumps. We're not saved by how we feel. We're saved by faith. And the enemy robs a lot of people because they didn't feel any different. Good. You're not supposed to. You believe it. You are born again. Now you start walking out and we're going to transform those feelings. Don't let the enemy rob you of what he has already provided for you. Now I'm going to pray for those that raised their hands. Debbie, I want you to pray for those raised their hands that are believing. You know what? There's one more thing that there's some of you that you need to make a decision. There's, there's something that you've got to hear the Holy Spirit on. You need a miracle. You need, you need, you need to hear from God. If that's you, raise your hands too. All right. Lots of hands on that one. I want you to pray over all of those. As he was praying, I just got this so strongly and I don't want, I don't want to go past and miss that. I just felt like there's somebody or maybe more than one person here. When I shared the story about not being as close to God and that I was offended really with God because he didn't answer my prayer the way that he thought there's somebody here that you feel like you don't hear him very clearly and it's really because it's a heart issue that you're offended with him 
because he didn't do it the way you wanted him to. Wow. And uh, I just want everybody to close their eyes because this isn't about embarrassing anybody. But if that's you, and then you just said, you know, oh, the Spirit of God just pricked your heart, and you know that you've got a little ought against him, and you want to really clear your heart so that your spiritual ears are open, I just want you to boldly raise your hand. Okay, okay. Yeah. There's several hands. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, you can put your hand down. I'm going to specifically pray for them right now. Lord, yeah. you see every every person that raised their hand. You know exactly the scenario and the situation that happened and where the hurt and the disappointment is. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just loose the power of God to uproot the lie, uproot even the words, the vows they could have made, the lie that they believed. Father, right now, and I just want you to repent and just give that to him. Father, forgive me. I release that yes. offense towards you. And I pray for the healing and the restoration into the very depths yes. of their soul, into their mind, their will, and emotions. Lord, just let your love flood their heart. Let your anointing flood their spirit. And Father, I thank you right now that their spiritual ears are being opened. Yeah. It's like you like you couldn't hear, and now it's just like a, almost a spiritual pop within your heart yeah. that you're going to hear him more clearly, more distinctly. When you read the Bible, it's going to just jump off the page to yes. you because there had been something blocking it, and now that flow is clear. So Lord, Lord, I just thank you. Yes. They will walk in the fullness yes, of your Lord. freedom and of your healing. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you that this is a spirit-led church. And Lord, I thank you. Those that are making a decision, they need a miracle. Yes. Lord, I thank you that you're already moving on their behalf. You're making a way where there seems to be no way. And Lord, I thank you for it. You're speaking to your kids and they're hearing you. And they're going to be quick yes. to hear and quick to obey. And Lord, I just thank you for it. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in this place. Yes. Father, I pray over the pastors that they hear your voice and the strangers they will not listen to. They will not look to the right or to the left. They will hear your voice and they will march straight ahead. And Lord, I thank you that they are a giving pastors and they will have more than enough. This church will have more than enough to do everything that it's called to do. Lord, I thank you that provisions are coming from the north, south, east, and west. And Lord, I thank you that the Spirit of God is going to be lifted up here and signs, wonders, and miracles will follow it. And we believe it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone agrees, say, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for uh, being so attentive. Pastor, we turn it back to you. Bless you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's give Jesus a hand. Let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.